So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to open up to the book of, <clears throat> the book of Luke, chapter 21. I don't think the devil wants me to talk about what I'm going to talk about today. This is a talk you've probably never heard in your life. If you've been to camp meeting all your life, you've probably heard all kinds of different talks. I can just about guarantee this is going to be a new one. It's one that is, uh, as I mentioned, my first talk, that this is a developing subject. My associate and I, Tim Saxton, and another pastor that I work with, Pastor Ron Fleck, we all work together for White Horse Media. Uh, God has been teaching us many things, directing us to the Bible and to the spirit of prophecy to learn things that we need to know for these last days. And by the grace of God, our ministry is committed as the Lord continues to provide funds for us to get these messages out through uh, radio and television on 3ABN and through the internet and through seminars. Uh, our plan, Lord willing, as God provides, is to do a, a program, to film a program called Fire from the Sky, where we go into details and discuss this topic. And as I mentioned, we're still learning. This is not a talk that I've given many times, but I think it's very, very important and that God has something to say to us from this subject. So let's, uh, let's pray. Let's ask for God's help. We cannot pray too much, isn't that right? Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for another day of life. Thank you for being so good to us, for being our, our wonderful creator for being the great physician, that Jesus is our Savior, that the Holy Spirit gives us power and enlightenment and helps us to understand truth, the word of truth. And we pray, Father, as we get into this, this subject about fire from the sky, that the Holy Spirit will please be with us. Please help me as I share this information. Give me just the right words to say. Give me strength and bless us and keep the devil away from us. And may the holy angels gather around close. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, here we go. Fire from the sky. Are you ready for this? Let's start with Luke chapter 21. And actually, before we do that, I'll take a look at the scripture here on the screen, and I'll talk more about this. Numbers chapter 12, verse 6. The Lord said a long time ago, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. If you read the Bible, it's very clear. There are many, many, many places where God gives visions and dreams to his, uh, his messengers, his prophets, or to different people. Isn't that right? There's a lot of examples of this in the Bible. Uh, Joseph had dreams in the Old Testament, and Joseph, who was Mary's husband, he had dreams in the New Testament. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. Daniel had dreams. There's lots of dreams described in the Bible. Now, I don't believe anybody that ever has a dream, you know, it necessarily comes from God. Some dreams can come from the devil. 
I'm convinced of that. I believe God does give dreams at certain times. And then other times we just dream because who knows why. We just dream. My kids often will come up to me in the morning and tell me the, some kind of dream that they had. One time, my son Seth had a dream, and it was, a, it was amazing. He, 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 he was probably about six years old. And we live in Idaho, and it was early in the morning, and I was putting wood in the stove in the fireplace, getting ready to try to heat the house. And little Seth came running into the living room, and he said, Daddy, Daddy, he said, I had, a, I had an amazing dream last night. And I said, well, what did you dream? And he said, he said, Daddy, he said, in my dream, I was, I was taken up into heaven. And he said, I, I went into the new Jerusalem. And he said, and I saw the streets of gold. And I tell you, at this time, at this point, I was all ears. And he said, and Daddy, he said, I saw a throne in heaven, in the new Jerusalem. And then he said, I saw Jesus sitting on his throne. And then he said, Daddy, he said, Jesus was so bright. He was so bright that I had to squint to look at him. And I just said, wow, Seth, that's amazing. <laughs> amazing dream. And uh, I said, why don't, you, why don't you draw a picture of your dream? And so he did. He drew a little picture of heaven and and a little entryway to the throne room, and Jesus sitting there, and all this, these rays of light coming out of the throne. And uh, I looked at that, and I just, I said, wow. And then he said, Daddy, he said, take a picture of it and put it on Facebook. <laughs> and this is a six-year-old. And so I did. Maybe he was seven. So I did, uh, and I put it on Facebook, and I made a few comments, and wow, we got a lot of comments from people on, about that dream, and I shared those comments with Seth, and he was, uh, he was pretty excited about it. And I don't know whether that dream was especially, you know, directly from God, but it sure sounds good to me. Of course, we need to test all dreams by the Bible and make sure that they line up with God's Word. Well, Luke chapter 21 talks about the future in verse 25, Luke 21, 25, here it is on the screen. Jesus predicted that there would be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. And upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. I can sure relate to that. Stress, distress. Distress of nations on the earth with perplexity, which means no way out. No earthly solution to the problems of this world. And then he said, the sea and the waves roaring, which I used to think just applied to the, the roaring of the human ocean, you know, humanity, uh, just full of emotion and things like this. And now I, I apply this more to tsunamis. There's actually real waves, you know, that come across the ocean and can do a lot of damage. The sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming upon the earth. For the powers of heaven will be shaken. And this is amazing. And I don't, think, I don't think any of us really understands the full meaning of what Jesus is saying here. He talks about signs that would take place up in the heavens. Signs up there. Distress down here. 
and hearts are going to be failing them because they're afraid, and this is the King James says, for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth. And to me, this is a verse that applies to the time that we live in right now, that because of technology, satellite, uh, the internet, and all kinds of sophistication, people are actually able to, you know, watch the news and they can look at things that are coming upon the earth. We've never really been in a time like today. It used to be in the past that people could never look at the things that were coming on the earth. But now through CNN and Fox News and all the major networks, you know, we can know what's going on a long way away find out what's happening, and we can even, if there was some big asteroid or something coming down from the sky, which I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but if there was something like that, I imagine that NASA could pick it up, and it could be beamed into the homes of people all around the world, and they could see things that are coming upon the earth, and it would be terrifying. Jesus predicts that there's going to be a lot of things going on up in the heavens, the powers of the heavens are going to be shaken as we approach the day of the Lord. Now turn to the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 also talks about similar things. And actually after Seth had his dream, I read one of these verses to him. And he was very impressed. Uh, Acts chapter 2 verse 16 says, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maidservants I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There definitely was an application of this, uh, this prophecy, or at least part of this prophecy, to what happened on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples. But there is another application that will take place right before Jesus comes, as it says that this prophecy will happen in verse 20 before the coming of the great and the awesome day of the Lord. So I think it has a dual application. Uh, when, I, when I showed this to Seth, I, I showed these, him these verses. Verse 17 talks about the last days and then God pouring out his spirit and then some people having dreams. And I showed that to my little boy, and he looked at that. He looked at the words, last days, and he looked at the word dreams. And uh, he put his hand on his heart, and he said, Daddy, he said, these really are the last days. Wow. Because, I mean, he just felt convicted that he had just had a dream, and he saw Jesus sitting on his throne, and uh, he looked at that, and he just thought, Daddy, this, maybe this is what's happening. Maybe this is what's happening. And I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of things that are going to happen in reference to this text. But my little boy was very inspired. This verse tells us that God is going to give people dreams. Right? It says that in verse 17. He's going to give people visions. Right? That's what it says. 
It says that uh, things are going to be happening up in the sky. It says in verse uh, 19 that some of these things have to do with blood and fire. And this is where we get the title, Fire from the Sky. Fire from the Sky. It's connected to this passage. And these things are going to be happening before the day of the Lord takes place. That's what the Bible says. Now, here is a statement from the little lady, Ellen White, who was a Seventh-day Adventist, who was very much a part of the development of the Seventh-day Adventist church in the 1800s. Seventh-day Adventists generally today still believe that Ellen White was, as a young girl, as a teenager, uh, who began to have visions and dreams that the Lord called this young lady to be an end-time messenger to reveal information from God based on the Bible for his people that we need in the last days. And I believe that. I believe Ellen White's ministry is based in Scripture. I believe that God raised her up in harmony with his word. We know from the Bible there are times when God does give visions and dreams. We know from the Bible, from the verse that we just read, that verse 17 says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And Seventh-day Adventists believe that Ellen White was one of those daughters. She was a daughter as described in scripture, that was given dreams and visions, and she prophesied. And she saw things. She saw things that would happen before Jesus comes. And here's one of her statements. She made this statement in 1904. Manuscript 158, 1904. And this was actually, she said this, in reference to a dream, as she says here, a few months ago, I had a very impressive dream. I seemed to see a great ball of fire come from heaven and strike the earth. That's what she said. Now, let me give you a little bit of, a, little bit of background on this statement. She, Ellen White lived from uh, 1827 when she was born, to 1915 when she died. During that period, many years, she had approximately 2,000 visions and dreams. She has become the most translated author of all time. Whether men or women, she's the most translated American author, she's the most translated female author, Uh, Her life has been, she was actually written up in the Smithsonian Institute magazine, the prestigious magazine of the Smithsonian Institute, as one of the most, as one of the 100 most significant Americans in all of our history. Uh, She's got a, a lot of, she's had a lot of influence, a lot of books, and her writings are still cherished, uh, hopefully by all of us, or at least by many of us today. And I believe in her books. Uh, As I mentioned in the last meeting, when I was 20 years old, I read her book, The Desire of Ages, on the life of Jesus, and that is the book that changed my life. The Lord used Ellen White to write Desire of Ages to point me to the Bible, 
to point me to Jesus and to move me to get on my knees and to accept Jesus as my Savior. And uh, praise the Lord, it's been 37 years, it's been a battle, I told you about some of that in my last meeting, it's been a real struggle, the battle's not over, we're still in the thicket, the thicket of the war, but I'm committed to continuing to go forward no matter what happens, to stay with Jesus. I want to see Jesus sitting on his throne. I want to see that bright light coming out of him. I want to be one of the people that kneels down and, uh, and, and just throws my crown at his feet. Jesus is going to give all the redeemed crowns. I want to be clothed with a white robe. I want to get out of here. I want to live forever in the kingdom with him and with his people and with my family. And I look forward to meeting Ellen White one of these days, too, and talking with her. But anyway, during her life, uh, she wrote a massive amount of material. Uh, and when she died, her writings, at her own expressed desire, were they came under the oversight of what's now called the Ellen G. White Estate in Silver Spring, Maryland. So the Ellen White Estate has been overseeing her writings. And she wrote so many things. She wrote books. She wrote uh, manuscripts. And not everything that she wrote, at least for the last uh, you know, so many years, since 1915, has been made available to Seventh-day Adventists. Her, of course, her major books, Great Controversy, Desire of Ages, The Testimonies, and other books we've been reading for a long time. But she wrote a lot of other things that the White Estate has been successively releasing uh, as time goes on, because there's a massive amount of material. And it wasn't until last year, in July, I believe it was, that the White Estate finally released everything. They just put it all out there. And there's a publication, I believe it's Adventist World, February of last year, that goes into the reasons, or it might be February of this year, I think it's February of 2016, where the White Estate gives uh, reasons why they you know, release certain things at a certain time. And it's, it's a good article. Anyway, uh, July 2015, everything came out, including details that had never before been published about two dreams that Ellen White had in 1904 and in 1906. Some of this information has come out before. But a lot of it never was released until 2015. I have an associate that I work with. His name is Tim Saxton. He uh, used to be part of the executive committee of the Iowa-Missouri Conference. He's a businessman. He's uh, very close friends with the conference president. And uh, he's been involved with the Lord's work for a long, long time. And he has, in the last, I don't know, eight months or so, he has uh, officially joined Whitehorse Media. He's now on our payroll. He works with me, and he is our administrative director who handles a lot of administrative issues. Uh, and he's just a, he's a wonderful man. He's speaking this weekend in, Monta in Montana. So he and I go about, and I go here, and he goes there, and we also have some other associate speakers that we've recently uh, connected with, and they speak... They've been speaking recently in Canada, the Bahamas, Philippines, India, possibly Cuba, uh, Qatar, and the Lord is blessing Whitehorse, and we're trying to get the message out, and we're expanding as God continues to provide the funds. Uh, anyway, Tim has done 
a, a vast amount of research on these two dreams. He has scoured the White Estates uh, website as this material has been released. He has looked at these publications, these different manuscripts, and he has put together these statements that are in the 1904 and 1906 dreams. And with Tim's help, uh, I have put this information together in a flyer, which is called Fire from the Sky. And we have those flyers out there on the table. I believe there's still some of them that are left. Uh, this flyer is primarily written for our church members, so they can read and learn this information. Uh, we are in the process, and I'll tell you more about this in a little bit, of, in a little bit of uh, adapting this flyer so that it can be geared more toward the public. And we're, we're going to be working on that. But anyway, let me share with you an unreleased, until recently, until July of last year, unreleased statement from the pen of Ellen White. Listen to this. She wrote, when I was, and she mentions a certain city, she mentions the name of a city. Would you like to hear the name of that city? The name of the city is Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. When I was at Nashville, I had been speaking to the people, and in the night season, there was an immense ball of fire that came right from heaven and settled in Nashville. There were flames going out like arrows from that ball. Houses were being consumed. Houses were tottering and falling. Some of our people, referring to Seventh-day Adventists who read Ellen White's writings, some of our people were standing there. And this is what they said. This is amazing. They said, it is just as we expected. They said, we expected this. Now, you have to ask, well, how in the world were they expecting this? Where would they get this information? That there was going to be a ball of fire that settled in Nashville. It seems to me, it seems to Tim and to us, that they got this information from the dreams that Ellen White had, that haven't been fully released until 2015. And the fact that uh, this information is now out, and that she saw this happening, and she saw people discussing this when it happened, and she saw people who knew that this was coming. You know, we're just trying to put the dots together, and we are being convicted that this is the time when God is bringing this information out, and that people are learning about this in advance. It is just as we expected, they said, we expected this. Others were wringing their hands in agony and crying to God for mercy. You knew, they said, you knew this was coming and you never said a word to warn us. They seemed as though they would almost tear them to pieces to think that they had never told them or given them any warning at all. A few, notes, a few nights ago I was awakened with this. They know not the time of their visitation. 
Why don't they know it? Because nobody is there to tell them. End of quote. Here's another one. This is also a new release. The Lord is soon coming in the clouds of heaven with power and with great glory. His terrible judgments are soon to fall upon our world. Are we doing all that we can do to warn Earth's inhabitants of these things? While I was in the South a few months ago, I had a very impressive dream. She's referring to the same dream. I seemed to see a great ball of fire come from heaven and strike the earth. Great houses were in flames. Many were looking on in great distress. Someone said, I knew this was coming. I knew that God's judgments were soon to fall. You knew that these things were coming, said another. Why did you not tell us? Why did you not warn us and show us the prophecies that we might also know? And these kind of details are repeated numerous times in these different, uh, in these writings. Here's another one, recently released. There was a scene presented to me. It was the night before the Sabbath. I looked out of the window and there was an immense ball of fire that came from heaven. And it fell where they were casting buildings with pillars, especially the pillars were presented to me. I'm going to show you a picture about this in a little bit. It seemed to me as if this ball came right to the building and crushed it. And they saw that it was branching out, branching out, enlarging. And in other words, the fire was branching out. And they, people began to cry and mourn and mourn and wring their hands. And I thought some of our people stood by there and were saying, well, it is just what we have been expecting. And then she adds this new detail. It is just what we have been talking about. It is just what we have been talking about, stated twice. You knew, said the people, you knew it, and you never told us about it. I thought there was such an agony in their face, such an agony in their appearance. Now, this is from uh, a place called Oakwood Manuscript, page 138. And the previous one is manuscript 188, in the year 1905. Here's another one. This is manuscript 154, 1904. While I was in Nashville, a scene was opened before me. A great ball of fire seemed to fall from heaven, and from it went forth flashes of light. When these flashes of light would strike a building, the building would burn like tinder. And then I heard someone say, I knew this was coming. These are the judgments of God that I knew were coming. You knew, said another, you were my neighbor. Why did you not tell me that these things were coming? Why did you not warn others? There's statement after statement after statement like this. Uh, here's, here's one more. In the night, I was, as I thought, I was in a room, but not in my own house. I was in a city where I knew not. I heard explosion after explosion. I rose up quickly in bed. And I saw from my window large balls of fire. Jetting out were sparks in the form of arrows, and buildings were being consumed. I was instructed that destruction hath gone forth upon cities. And that word cities is plural. So she's not just talking about one city. She's not just talking about Nashville. She's talking about other cities. And destruction is going to go forth. <coughs> Upon cities, the word of the Lord will be fulfilled. 
I cried to the Lord. What does this mean? The rep representations of destruction were, were repeated. Where am I? She's asking herself. And then God talks directly to her. Listen to this. In scenes, in scenes, I, referring to God, have represented that which will be. But warn my people to cease from putting their trust in men who are not obedient to my warnings and who despise my reproofs. Wow. She says God's people need to be warned not to listen to those who despise this counsel. For the day of the Lord is right upon the world when evidence will be made sure. Those who have followed the voices that would turn things upside down will themselves be turned upside down where they cannot see, but they will be like blind men. Now, there's, there's one other one I want to read. She says, uh, in the ninth seasons I had a presentation. I did not seem to be in my own home in St. Helena. I was, I thought, awakened in the night with the great noise of cries of distress. And I saw the whole heavens lighted up. There were balls that looked like fire falling. And these balls looked as if they were full of arrows. And wherever they struck, there was great calamity. Houses were set on fire. No human effort could distinguish, extinguish the flame. The earth quaked, and homes were falling with a crash. I heard the distressing screeching and praying. There was confusion everywhere. I said to someone, do look. This is the most striking representation of what will be in the last day. Revelation 18 is referred to. Voices were proclaiming the events taking place. Read and understand, for this will surely be. Chapter 19 of Revelation is referred to. Revelation 19 will ere long be fulfilled. Revelation 21 is referred to. So during the final crisis, there's special emphasis on Revelation 18, Revelation 19, and Revelation 21. These, there were voices proclaiming the words of these chapters. With great power, the message was given. Continuing on, I'm unable to sleep. It is 10 o'clock. I had a short nap. I was instructed that light had been given to me and that I, and that I had written under special light that the Lord had imparted. So she's saying that what she's writing down in these dreams is special light from Jesus for his people. There are many things to come before the people. Collect these matters. The people need them. And that is uh, Manuscript 126, 1906. Wow. So what we've done at Whitehorse Media is we have collected these matters. <laughs> and we've put them together <clears throat> in this uh, flyer called Fire from the Sky. And we, don't, we have decided that we do not want to be among the people who don't issue a warning. We want to be warning people. We want to tell people what's happening and what's coming. And so we actually have two flyers. We have more than that, but we have two on this topic. We have one of them called The Coming Judgments of God. And this is out there on the table. And this flyer is designed primarily for the public. It's to give it to anybody and everybody. It's a Bible study just based on Scripture so people can know from the Word of God what is coming upon the earth. Now then we've also collected the material from the dreams and we put them into another flyer called Fire from the Sky. And this is primarily for our people so they can read and understand what she wrote in her dream. And we hope that people will read Fire from the Sky and then they will especially pass out the coming judgments of God. That they'll do their best. Now I'll tell you something, a kind of little inside piece of information. 
Uh, Tim Saxton recently told me that he's been meeting with a group of people that have been reading this information. And they have been very impressed that what they want to do is they want to fund the distribution and the mailing of a flyer like this to every house in Nashville. Now what we're going to do, and we're, we're moving forward with this project, we're going to take the coming judgments of God, the scriptures, we're going to take some of the information and fire from the sky, and we're going to combine it into a track that is designed for the people of Nashville. That's based on the Bible, but that also selectively introduces a few of the statements from the dreams in the context of what the Bible says. That the Bible says God is going to be giving people dreams before the great and awesome day of the Lord. And we're going to put this together, and our goal, by the grace of God, uh, Lord providing, is to mail this all over Nashville. And we also want to, we believe, and I want to make this clear, that uh, we do not believe that Nashville is the only city that's going to get hit. And uh, some people have written to us and said, hey, I live in Nashville, what do I do? <laughs> uh, and our response is, do what the Lord calls you to do. You know, whether you live in Los Angeles or Detroit or Nashville or Gentry or wherever you are, God has a work for us to do. And we are, we are certainly not saying that it's time for people to just, you know, leave uh, Nashville and not work for the Lord anymore in that city. We're not saying that. We don't want to go beyond the word of the Lord. We want to stick with the information. We don't want to speculate. We don't want to go you know, into any extreme area. We just want to present the information and let God lead people in what he wants them to do. And Ellen White is very, very clear in these statements. There are other statements. There's many statements that these judgments are coming. Here she says, this is Sermons and Talks, Volume 1, page 376, that there is a great work to be done. Many are unready to engage in sacred service. The judgments of God are soon coming upon all our cities. And I, and I desire that we shall all be prepared. So even though she did pinpoint Nashville, she's very clear that that's not the only city that's going to get hit. We are moving into a time when the final crisis comes and the mark of the beast is enforced and the law of God is made void in America and around the world, we're going to be entering a time of, of miracles, of miracles from God and miracles of the devil. The devil's miracles are designed to convince people to get the mark. God's miracles are designed to show people the truth of the Bible. And we're entering this time where both are going to be happening, and as we believe that as the law of God is made void during the time of the mark of the beast, that, there are good, that God's judgments are going to be falling upon cities around the world. Now, let me show you something else. I read this uh, yesterday or maybe the day before in my dorm room here on the campus. I was reading a chapter uh, in the book Last Day Events called Away from the Cities. Now, listen to this. If, if you've never read this, this is, un, this is unbelievable. But this is just uh, shocking information. She says, this is Last Day Events, page 95. She said, the Lord calls for his people 
to locate away from the cities. For in such an hour as you think not, fire and brimstone from heaven will be rained upon these cities. We read uh, during my early, my early, or my first talk on Wednesday, the coming judgments of God about what happened in Genesis 19 to Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember that? The Bible says that they were so wicked that the cry of their wickedness had come up before God that the Lord himself finally rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed these cities. And that really did happen. I've been told that archaeologists have gone over to the area south of the Dead Sea and they have uncovered the ruins of five cities. And the pottery that they found dates back to the time of Abraham, Abraham and Lot. And all five of these cities have thick, have a thick layer of ash on top of them, showing that they were destroyed by fire. And if you go into that area, that area is just desolate. It's, uh, the Dead Sea area is full of desolation. Those cities were really there, and they really were destroyed by fire. As the Bible says, and she says, that's going to happen again. Proportionate to their sins will be their visitation. And then she says, when one city is destroyed, let not our people regard this matter as a light affair and think that they may, if favorable opportunity offers, build themselves homes in that same destroyed city. So this is talking about before the close of probation. Cities are going to be destroyed before the close of probation. And when they do get destroyed by fire and brimstone coming right down from the sky, she says that we shouldn't think that, well, now once they rebuild that city, we can go back there and live there. And she does say also that if there comes a time when we have an intimation, she uses that word intimation, that something is about to happen or that a judgment is about to fall, she says at that point we should get out as quick as possible. I can't exactly find where that quote is, but I remember she specifically read it, or specifically said it. So, and when the Lord gives people that information, I don't know. Uh, as I mentioned, Whitehorse Media, we don't tell people, you know, when it's time to get out. Of the, I mean, Ellen White's very clear that we should live outside the cities and work the cities. She does say that. But we're not going to tell people, don't work this city or don't even be in that city because it's going to be destroyed, so you need to get out right now. That's not our role. That's the Lord's role. God is the one who tells people what to do, and he impresses people as he gives us this, uh, this counsel. But this is very impressive. And again, the fact that people, she says that when these, when these fireballs come on Nashville, she says, and other cities I'm assuming, she says that uh, many people are going to be saying, we knew this was coming, and we've been talking about this. And we thought to ourselves, how can this be happening? How can people be talking about these very things which she saw in her dream? And uh, the conclusion that we've come to as we've connected the dots is that uh, God is going to have people in the final days who are going to be getting this information out. And we, uh, we, you know, we want Whitehorse Mead to be part of that. So that you're going to be talking about this, aren't you? And, and people know. And so when it happens, 
they'll say, oh, we knew this, and we've been talking about this. And we think, well, how did they know it, and how were they talking about it? Because somebody got, gave them the information. And we've also decided that we don't want to be among the people who, uh, who don't do our part to warn people, because that's very, very clear. Over and over and over again, the message comes out, you know, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you warn us? Why didn't you help us to know that these things were coming? And so that's the reason why White Horse Media is putting together these flyers, because we want to warn people. We want people to know what's happening. And if the Lord leads these flyers to go to Nashville, and maybe other cities as well, we want Jesus to be able to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. We want to do what the Lord wants us to do. Now, let me uh, share a little bit more information before I wind this up. We do not, White Horse Media, we, we try to be very, very careful because we have a lot of influence. The Lord has given our ministry a lot of influence on TV, on social media, through seminars, through material that's at the ABC, uh, through radio programs, and I and Tim and the staff that I work with, we are very, very deeply convicted that we, we need to be very careful not to go to the right, not to go to the left, not to do anything that the Lord doesn't want us to do. We want to present balanced, biblical, credible information. And based on that, we do not take a position on exactly what these balls of fire are. We don't know. We do know that they're coming. We do know that. Exactly what they are, we do not know. But we are also looking very carefully at some very interesting uh, pieces of information, and I'll just share this with you. I don't know if you're aware of this, but asteroid activity is increasing dramatically. It is on the rise. There are more things coming down from the sky than have ever happened before. You can do some uh, research on this. It says here, the Earth has been experiencing a notable period of meteor meteorite events in the final weeks of 2012. And that was, you know, a few, a few years ago. Uh, if you Google this or go on to uh, YouTube, you'll find some amazing statistics. Uh, here's a website, amsmeteors.org. And it shows, look at this chart, that from 2006, there was so much asteroid activity and going down to, up to 2015, you can see the chart. This is from the American Meteor Society, that the graph is up, that there have been an increasing amount of things. And notice the title here. This is called Fireball Event Stats. Fireball. They're using the very same words. Same words. I don't know if you read about this or heard about this, but this is a one report about a ball of fire spotted over Texas. It was likely a, a fireball meteor. Uh, this was the Dallas News, and it came out September 23rd, 2013. Here's the Dallas Morning News, March 24, 2016. So this was just a few months ago. NASA, the me that meteor that broke up over North Texas Saturday night was actually an earth-grazing fireball. 
Wow, this was just a few months ago. Uh, now, here's something very interesting. Somebody sent me this information, uh, and I went on the internet, checked it out, took a couple of screen captures, and put it on here on the screen. Uh, some people think, well, you know, Nashville is just, you know, country music. <laughs> you know, why Nashville? Well, lo and behold, we have found out that Nashville is actually hidden behind the scenes. There is a lot of occult activity going on in Nashville. A lot. Here's a man who speaks, uh, and he's got a whole website about different things that are going on in Nashville. Here you see him coming, William Henry. Here it says, the city of secrets, Nashville's temple code unveiled. He's doing a self-empowerment empowerment workshop. This is a new age man, so we don't recommend him at all. But here you can see May 21 to 22, 2016. So where are we right now? We're in June. So this was, this was just a, a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, this man held a seminar in Nashville, Tennessee, all about uh, the, the occult. And he brings out the fact that there is a gigantic building in Nashville, which is a, a replica of the Greek, is it a Parthenon or Panthenon? It's the Parthenon right there. You see the Parthenon. There's a, it's, it's huge. And it, is, it has become an occult center. And here's a picture of it. There is the Parthenon. You can see underneath there, Centennial Park in Nashville. And a lot of occultism connected to this thing. Now, let me go back to the dream that Ellen White saw. And let me remind you, if I can find the right one, of what she said about the pillars. Remember that? Remember the pillars? She said that the ball of fire, the immense ball of fire, came from heaven. And it fell where they were casting buildings with pillars. Especially the pillars were presented to me. Now, uh, from, from what I've learned, casting, this is, a very, this is very specific language. They were casting buildings. This is not just general construction, but it has to do with using, uh, using molds. And see this, here's the Parthenon building here. You see the huge pillars, and you see these figures up here? The, these has to do with castings. Casting pillars and casting these different images. This is part of the building. And she says that this was something that she particularly noticed the castings, and the pillars. And isn't it interesting that there is a building right now in Nashville that has pillars and castings? And isn't it interesting that there is a lot of occult activity going on there behind the scenes? So it's not just, it's not just country music. Now again, we don't know for sure that this is going to be an asteroid, a meteor, nuclear, or, or none of the above. It could just be, you know, something that God sends directly from heaven like he did upon Sodom and Gomorrah. We really don't know. And we don't make claims to know. We don't know, so please get that for the record. 
but we, we do know that they're coming. We do know that we need to warn people. We do know that we need to be giving the three angels messages and telling people about the judgments of God which are coming, which are described in Revelation and ultimately described in uh, Revelation 16 that describes the seven last plagues coming upon the world when probation closes. We know that. We know that. Uh, Isaiah chapter 13, verse 11, I showed you this verse on Wednesday. Isaiah 13, 11, God says, I will punish the world for its evil. There is a, an amount of evil that is in this world that we, we don't really understand. And, and it's good that we don't understand it. We don't need to put our minds in the cesspool of all of the darkness and evil that goes on behind closed doors. There is so much evil in this world, it's just incomprehensible. And God has told us, and I praise him for this, I praise the Lord that he is a God of love and a God of goodness and a God of truth and a God of righteousness and that one of these days God is going to move in a way that we've never seen before and he is going to be sending his judgments and his ultimate goal at the end of all of this is to get rid of sin forever. Amen. And in my mind, it's not a bad God sending judgments on a good world. It's a good God sending his judgments on a bad world so he can ultimately get rid of sin. For good reason. For good reason. And we need to understand the character of God as described in the Bible. God is very patient. He's very compassionate. Jesus wept as he looked at Jerusalem before it was destroyed. He weeps over cities and over people and over the lost. He loves people, and he is loath to bring his judgments upon the world. It's not something that he, he enjoys doing. He has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, the Bible says, but that the wicked should turn, should turn from their evil ways and should <clears throat> repent. <clears throat> A couple more statements. Our Review and Herald, November 17, 1910. I shared this with you on uh, Wednesday. She says, calamities are becoming more and more frequent. In each report of calamity by land or sea, it is a testimony to the fact that the end of all things is near. The world is filled with iniquity, and the Lord is punishing it for its wickedness. As crimes and iniquities increase, these judgments will become more frequent. Notice, these judgments will become more frequent. We can expect that this is going to happen. Until the time shall come when the earth shall no more cover her slain, quoting Isaiah chapter 26, verses 20 and 21. As I mentioned, Whitehorse Media has material. We're continuing to put out material. We're going to do more programs. We have all of these different uh, flyers. We've got Fire from the Sky, The Coming Judgments of God. We have one called There Shall Be Signs. We have one on Revelation 13, which is still out there two beasts and the devil's deadly mark that goes through what I shared yesterday on Revelation 13. These are for the public to be shared. You can give it out on an airplane. You can give it out at a gas station. You can hand it to someone at, at Walmart when you check out, when you're buying your, uh, your good food. And we have another one here called uh, The Relationship That Heals, all about Jesus and his love 
and his power to save. End time information tracks that we are producing. Uh, scripture says in Isaiah 25 verse 9, it shall be said in that day, lo, this is our God. We have waited for him and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and we will rejoice in his salvation. Praise God, we have something to look forward to. I, I tell people sometimes that the bad news is, I've got good news and bad news. The bad news is things are going to get a whole lot worse in the days ahead. But the good news is that when they're done getting worse, eventually they're going to get really good. <laughs> and it's going to be so good you can't even imagine. It's going to be uh, better than we can possibly. We can never understand how good it's going to be when Jesus finally gets rid of sin, when he gets rid of the devil, when he gets rid of all evil, and he remakes the heaven and the earth, and there's no more sin, suffering, sorrow, or death. It's all gone forever. And I tell you, what we're learning in our Bibles, what you've learned as a Seventh-day Adventist or someone that's just coming, uh, what we've learned from all of this information, this is true. This is the word of the Lord. The Bible is very, very clear. Jesus is coming, and he wants us to get ready. We are in a time right now where the Lord is preparing his people for the future and for heaven. And now is the time to get ready. The theme of this camp meeting is even at the doors. And uh, we believe that now that this information's coming out, people are talking about this, this is even more of an, of an indicator that time really is running out, that Jesus is coming and he wants us to get ready. Amen. And Lord, thank you for giving me the strength to share this information with you today. So let's, uh, let's close with prayer. Dear Father in heaven, dear God, thank you so much for, for giving me the strength to be here and to share this information. Lord, I know that uh, Satan is very angry and upset that this information is getting out. He hates the dreams that you have inspired and the Bible and the prophecies and the truth that is in the word of God. Lord, I pray for everybody here. I pray for myself. I pray for our ministry and for the school here and the teachers and the students, for the churches that are represented here, the families, the children. Lord, please uh, help us all. Speak to us all and help us to be ready for the future that is surely coming as an overwhelming surprise. Help us to be ready when Jesus comes. We want to be with Jesus and with you and with the angels, the holy angels, throughout all eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast with Steve Wolberg. We feel privileged to be a part of God's commission to share the gospel message with the world. You too can be a part of our gospel outreach team by supporting broadcasts just like these with your financial gifts. We strive to be careful with every dollar that we receive, knowing these donations are sacred gifts to build up God's kingdom of grace and salvation. 
To find other great resources or to donate online, go to whitehorsemedia.com or you can call us at 1-800-78-BIBLE. That's 1-800-782-4253. You can follow us on Twitter at Whitehorse7 or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Wolberg. That's Steve, W-O-H-L-B-E-R-G. If you prefer to contact us by mail, write to Whitehorse Media, P.O. Box 130, Priest River, Idaho, 83856. Thanks for your support, and may God richly bless your day.